Hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. Supporting women to make empowering, soul-centered and heart-driven decisions in motherhood. Going back to basics, changing our stories and trusting ourselves. I'm Emily. And I'm Annabelle. Hey Mama! Welcome to today's episode. On We are on our birth story journey and today we are releasing two twin birth stories, one natural, unmedicated and one with an epidural. So we want to show what a, birth, a twin birth can look like and that there are options to suit what you feel is right for you. So the women we speak to today feel positive and empowered about what they chose and that is what we believe is most important, how they feel. So we have a mum of three. She has a five-year-old boy, twin girls who are five months old. She lives in Denmark and she had a beautiful unmedicated birth at Albany Hospital. Welcome, Nada. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for for jumping on. We really, really appreciate it. And we've actually found it really difficult to find a uh, unmedicated twin birth story. So, yeah, we we do really appreciate it. Um, So let's start. Do you want to talk us through, I guess, from pregnancy and, and when you found out that you were not just having one baby? Uh, um, so, well, we found out we were pregnant at six weeks and it was a pretty high impact pregnancy even at that stage. I didn't have any morning sickness the first time around, but this huge. Um, and so by about 12 weeks we thought, oh, well, let's go, let's go get that scan and see how it goes. So we've got a, um, there's a great obstetrician in Albany that we'd been with for my son's birth. Um, and we went to go and see her, but actually my husband, my husband, Ollie stayed at work because it was just another thing. We've done it all before. And, um, and so I, I, I went with my son and, um, it was so beautiful on the way there. He was sitting in the back of the car, just having a think about things. And he goes, you know what, mum, um, humans, they can only have two babies cause they've got two nipples, but piglets pigs they can they can just go heaps and um, <laughs> so, so he had, a, he had an inkling or whatever wow uh, but we um yeah and we I remember sitting down with our obstetrician and um and she had known us from Safi's birth and um and how sort of gung-ho we are about it doing it our way and um aiming for as um uh unintervened as possible um so she said you know do you just want to do it the same way as last time and keep it really healthy and all that sort of stuff said yep she goes well should we just have a look and um and uh got one of those um yeah ultrasound like in the in her just her normal clinic room um and we did a little ultrasound and um she said uh Oh, how many can you see? Oh, and um, and my son said two, and um, and I I cried and and like I was I was so shocked. Not I didn't bore my eyes out, but I was like, 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a yeah. I think that was definitely a moment. Definitely a moment for us. So um yeah, just uh and and interestingly from that moment on the conversations with with anyone in the medical system became very different and that was a real mm. challenge for the whole pregnancy. Um that took quite a lot of um yeah that was that was a that was a big part of it actually um because twins are considered high risk births and um and uh, a lot of the conversations moved into uh all the things that could go wrong and it was it yeah it it I thought I was going to walk into another pregnancy where at least I'd had the experience of doing it before um and so um it that 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 was completely out of the water all of a sudden there were two babies and I knew nothing about what having two babies was like so but yeah it was a big moment yeah absolutely like yeah second time around you thinking oh I've totally I've done this before so it's going to be so much like easier on me mentally because it's not so much of the unknown but yeah when you've got twins it actually is because you um haven't done that before so I'm interested (laughs) to know if straight away or or you know once you kind of processed that yeah there were two babies that um if you had yeah then decided straight away that you were still wanting to have the unmedicated birth uh I think it's um I wouldn't I don't think there was ever a decision place it's more a case of I always really would like to go that way as much as possible and I was more hopeful like I don't think I was I'd made that decision but I was just hopeful that the pregnancy would um that I would be able to hold hold it and that the pregnancy would go away that would help it be possible Mm. um Mm. and yeah I I don't think I would ever be um uh so gung-ho that I could assume that I was going to get it yeah (laughs) because because there are so many unknowns it's like you go in for an ultrasound you come out with two babies you know, it just it doesn't necessarily happen the way way you think it's going to. So, for me, uh, I think there was a lot of coming to terms with this isn't going to be the way that I thought it was going to be. Um, and then, what what do I need to know to mm. make choices along the way all over again? Um, and um, uh. Yeah, and I probably would say the biggest, the biggest help in that process was talking to other twin mums, um, just to hear, yeah, to to be able to hear the stories of many, uh, like there's there's quite a few in Denmark, but also a few friends um, who live in Margaret River, and and um, just being at, like having people share their stories. Uh, and their experiences from pregnancy through to the birth really got me to a place of being able to think about what it could be for me and, and did I have to accept everything that I was told I had to do. Um, so, yeah, that was, yep, that was the, a, a big part of the process. Um, just trying to think what else is interesting at the moment. <laughs> so much. I was like, where do you start? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. No, it's all so interesting. It's also, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, whoa, whoa, yeah, I would have no idea yeah. what to think. It is all new. And how amazing that you were able to hear stories from other people because for sure you can't just get one person telling you yeah. how it's going to be, right? It um Because you're not that person. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so one, one person, it's beautiful to hear one story. It really is. Um, and I find that with parenting as well. It's so beautiful to hear people's experiences. Um, but any time I try to make that my own, it, it tends to go sideways. Um, mm. And so it's this, it's this um, uh, crafting, crafting meaning from all of these different uh, experiences to try to weave something for yourself. Mm-hmm. I find I find that yeah so that was yeah so so that was really helpful and particularly the pregnancy I wasn't quite prepared for uh the, the it was such a healthy easy pregnancy with our our son um the experience of having twins is uh I think it for a lot of people um and what our obstetrician said was it's twice everything so twice the hormones mm. twice uh uh, twice of everything um so I was um yeah I, I was an, anemic for a lot of the pregnancy I was falling asleep any anywhere and everywhere to the point where my my then uh my five-year-old used to try to get me to play with him and then after a while he would go and get me a pillow and just give up oh, <laughs> and how challenging that would be having another child or having your you know your first child that you're looking after during a twin pregnancy yeah and not knowing I think that the bit that was hard for me was not realizing uh, you know looking back at it now and and so many people would say it to me you're carrying a lot um, but in my mind I was like I'm just I'm just pregnant you know but like I've been pregnant before surely I can carry this I've got to dig deep and move through this on my own and Surely I can be there for my son and be pregnant. And in, in retrospect, I really, uh, the one thing that I would do differently would be to reach out for support a lot earlier mm. to make it an easier journey for everyone. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I think that's been the biggest, um, I haven't even told you about the birth story. Yeah. <laughs> but I know. <laughs> but uh, we'll I just, I really want to share the biggest, the biggest, most blessed part of this experience for me um, was uh, it's put me in a position of learning how to ask for help mm-hmm. and, yeah. and accept it. And, um, and, I, and I see so many mums not recognising how, how, or yeah, what they're doing is so valuable and so important um, for everyone, and it and that and it and this idea that we're supposed to do it on our own um, is so inside us. You know, it's like it's like we need to prove to everyone that we can do it. Um, uh, but it actually, I think, it makes it harder for everyone sometimes. Like the, the, the sooner, the sooner I learn. How to ask for help the easier our, our lives have been, <laughs> and the better, the richer, the fuller, the healthier. Um, mm. That would be the one thing I just get want to get to before even getting to the story. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's the lesson that you 
learned from the pregnancy. And I feel like we all have our lessons that we do learn in either pregnancy or birth or in motherhood. And that's a really, really important one that you've just shared for sure, because it's, and especially going into motherhood, we really, we don't ask for help as much because we feel like we should be able to do it all. But no, we shouldn't. We're supposed to have a village of people around us supporting us. And yeah, we really need to um, go back to like remembering how to accept that support and help from from our um, village of people around us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so let's get into the birth story. Yeah, so um, I guess what one thing with twins is the the medical recommendations are to have a cesarean, um, no, to have an induction at 37 Mm. weeks. So mm-hmm. that was the first step. Um, so there, do you mind if I do this before getting into the actual yeah. birth? <laughs> like it feels like that's, um, yeah, so get sort of that. So there was conversations with specialists around um, how it's such high risk to go past 37 weeks. Um, and I found, uh, so, so to actually have those conversations and, and sit with the idea that, okay, the medical system is recommending them this and I, my, I feel like this pregnancy is okay. Like that, that, that was basically what, <laughs> what, what was going on, coming to that place of going, I really value um, the, the time, the extra time, the time for these babies to have in, in utero. Like I really value that for their health and, I, I believe that uh, at the moment, the way that this pregnancy is going, that it is better for them to stay in and come out. And then, like mm. those, uh, to sit there and and evaluate that um, was something. Was something. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> really, like uh, personally, I, I believe that our bodies and our babies know when it's the time, not a not someone who's going off a generic kind of, oh, it's potentially more of a risk from from 37 weeks, you know? Like why are we not able to just really trust that they are going to come at the at the right time and that that's going to be the gestation that they need to be? And, yeah. Yeah, I believe the same thing. It cut out a bit, so I didn't fully hear what you said. But I, I, yeah, I, yeah, the, the gist yep, that, that our bodies it. will will let us know. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that, yeah. And I guess it's hard because I mean, because I'm I, I guess I've I do I, I had decided that I would like to go to the hospital for the medical backup, and so in that, I've made the decision to mm. be. Uh, working with um, medical professionals um, with their experiences and all of the things that they have seen and, and you know, the, the research that they're, um, you know, they're across. Um, and mm. I really did not want yeah. to go into that in a um, combative kind of place. And I still wanted to find that place in um 
in me and my approach that made me clear enough about what I would and wouldn't want to do that I could hold um, particular some sort of clarity while going into labour and uh, you know, and then now that I've said that, it was actually so that I could communicate what I was wanting or hoping for um, so that the, my, the people that were helping could do that. So my husband, Ollie, was coming in. We were, we, were, we were going in the middle of COVID, so we couldn't actually have our doula, but we, um, we had um, us wow. two friends to be doulas because <laughs> there were two babies. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but... Just coming to that place of clarity to be able to communicate it to other people so that mm. someone could support you as well as knowing that enough in yourself to hold that line, that was a big part of the process. Um, yeah, and, I mean, the pregnancy also, as it went on, like I was uh, expe- I was expecting to be able to hold it. Um, <laughs> and I got huge. Like um, <laughs> I really did not expect to be so huge. And um, uh, things like mm-hmm. uh, pubis, what's it called? Pubis. Yeah. Oh, where you get your pubic area. Um, all sorts of things that really limited my mobility, my energy. The iron was low. So the mobility was low. So I was not this fit, healthy <laughs> queen that's entering the going, I've got this. Uh, I was... Oh, you know, it was really, I felt like sometimes the pregnancy was driving and I was waddling in behind it. Um, and um, so that took me to a different place, whereas last, last the, the previous pregnancy, it was like, um, yep, I just need to show up and do everything I'm supposed to do and, and I, can, I can do this the way that, you know, the way that it, it, it could be or should, whatever should be. Um, but this time it came to a different place of, uh, needing to trust um, and and letting go more more than the other the other pregnancy um, and I think that that was really healthy for me um, and I feel like the that maybe every every pregnancy is like that but that whatever um, whatever meaning message is coming through in the pregnancy is actually going to be mm. what's going to be with the children that come to. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, so that getting to that place of letting go, uh, and trusting, I think was a major part in coming to being able to birth these guys. Wow. Um, and so we got to 39 weeks plus two days. Um, uh, and I was swelling up and my blood pressure, I had to monitor my blood pressure every day. Um, and send the information into my institution, who is amazing mm. to be holding that line, to be going, I'm willing to support you to make that choice. Um, and and she was she was she was doing a really beautiful dance between the two worlds for us as well. Um, um, but it did start getting <laughs> got pretty pressured. Um, the, with the swelling, the one thing uh, uh, there was this, uh, another great friend uh, recommended um, who's had a lot of experience with births and midwifery um, recommended um, hot baths, long hot baths for an hour, soaking a bath every day for an hour and and go for a walk. And Mm -hmm. so I started doing that and that was how I managed the blood pressure at the end so it didn't get to preeclampsia. 
state wow. of needing to be induced. Um, um, but yeah, but I well, so the one thing, sorry, I didn't mention before. So maybe this isn't the completely natural birth you guys were, uh, or yeah. unmedicated. It is unmedicated, but um, we ha- there was a stretch and sweep that I had agreed to. Um, and so that happened three days before the birth. Um, and I think because everybody was getting pretty uh, on edge <laughs> and we were going into um, the hospital every couple of days for extended monitoring, which was, um, yeah, mm. it, it actually was a lot for that stage of the pregnancy. So when you got your, you obviously got checked and then um, they, you were yeah. already dilated a bit so they could do it, the stretch and sweep. So it was happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was a bit that annoyed me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I was, wow. I was, yeah, I hadn't realised, but I was about three centimetres, three to four centimetres. Totally. And then, and so I thought, cool, well, that's good to know. But then there was still a, I, in, if I had thought about it or known more about it, I didn't know anything about stretch and sweeps at the time. Um, I would have said, cool, let's stop that there. You know, where it's it's happening already. We don't need to make it mm. faster. Um, but there was a um, the sweep went yeah, ahead. We can hear you. Um, I don't know if you can. Yeah, hear I can hear I'm you. Not getting any sound from you guys? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so there was a sweep, and I, you know, I, I, I was a bit annoyed by that, um, to be honest, because um, my mucus plug <laughs> came out. Um, oh, became then. Uh, but, and, uh, yeah, so but in hindsight, it all worked <laughs> out perfectly, but at the time I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was gonna, I, I know they're going to come. So, um, but so that, so, but we did, so, okay. It took a couple of days. It didn't happen straight away. Um, and the, um, <laughs> what happened next? Yeah, so my waters broke. That's what happened next. Um, <laughs> and that was on a um, Sunday night, about about twelve o'clock at night. They broke, um, and I remember waking up and um, sort of just sitting down, having a bit of a quiet moment <laughs> by myself, going, "Oh, I don't." I don't really want to go into hospital. Like I was feel, I had a lot of ambivalence about going in. Um, and uh, so I was sitting there on the on the toilet going, well, what do I do? Shall I, I'm just imagining myself running away. <laughs> um, you know, and there's so much that I want to tell you about all these different stories that happened and people that came to support me. And but I'll try and keep um, a, a train of thought going. Um, and the yeah, so I think I took about um, 20 minutes to actually wake my husband up. Um, and I thought that that was fine because um, uh, because why? Because mm-hmm. my, the same thing had happened with our son and it had taken eight hours for the actual labour to kick in. Um, but I woke <laughs> my husband up and said, honey, we're going to have some babies. And he woke up 
And then I went back and sat on the toilet for a while and he came in and just, just started having a chat. And within that five minutes, I'd, um, oh. I'd, it had started and it had started quick. Um, and so I sort of said, have you packed the car yet? <laughs> and, um, you know, he realised it was on um, and it was. And so yeah, we had uh, a nana come to pay his uh, son. Um, my husband's mother is amazing, um, and and our friend uh, Katie, who was uh, one of our doulas, um, was going to drive with us to Albany in case something happened. Um, but we were in the car within a few minutes, and um, I yeah, I was kind of in the back on a football, like just uh, leaning up against the football in the back of the yeah. station wagon. Um, <laughs> uh, with uh, the hypnobirthing stuff plugged in, <laughs> listening to listening to Surge of the Sea by um, is it Melissa Swisted or something like that, um, and um, yeah, and uh, and Ollie was saying, look, Katie's driving behind us. Uh, should we stop oh. and let her in the car? And <laughs> and I couldn't answer. It, it it just happened. It had just ramped up so quickly. So, um. That was yeah. Eventually, got to a place um, mm. where I could I could say I think we should stop so that <laughs> so Katie could actually get in the car instead of having to chase us all the way to Albany. Um, and they 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 just drove, um, and I, I think it felt like a birth that you had to hold on for. Whereas other yeah, I kind of wanted to just be breathing and in labour and all that, but this one really did feel like I needed yeah. to just just hold on or let, you know, let it arrive through me. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was lovely actually on the way. Um, somehow I found a note, yeah. you know, how you, some people sing their births. Um, and so I found a, a, a note that I could just, ah, uh, Ah, sing, and um, and it worked. I could do well, that, so I managed to do that for two contractions, and uh, could really just be in that note, and um, and not feel uh pain. Uh, like it, it, that really it worked. I was like, oh my god, that's amazing! And then I lost it. I was like, damn it! Uh. <laughs> no. Um. And yeah, just it was just a funny labor. Like I remember at the beginning of it, going, oh, "I don't want to be in labor. I haven't had enough sleep." You know, all of this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, Katie actually described it to me yeah. in a way, like saying it's just a one-way train, and you get on, and you know you're going to get off, and so you just you just do this. You're there. Um, so yeah, so in the 45 minutes that we got oh my gosh. to the <laughs> hospital. Um, uh, um, it was pretty much, that was pretty much the labor. We got there and, um, and went into emergency, um, oh, yeah. and mm. I wanted to do the poo that I needed to do. And, um, and the, <clears throat> the lady at, at emergency <laughs> said, look, they prefer you not to. <laughs> because my baby, I was like, "Damn you, people! I need to I'm just fine. Just take me to a toilet." Um, 
so uh so and they had a wheelchair which I yeah I got on my hands and knees on backwards because I just hate the feeling of sitting down when you're in labour and and they kindly pushed oh Katie actually kindly pushed me all the way up to the labour ward um and I guess the thing I want to say uh no no we're just listening it listening tell intently. Me if I'm rambling. I it, feel like I'm just yeah. going on if yeah you need to ask very questions. intently I love it it's we getting so exciting <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> so unfortunately, Katie wasn't allowed to come in. Um, and uh, so Ollie and I went into the labour ward. Um, but part, uh, what happened was we ended up with a midwife um, who was on her last shift before she was going on leave um, uh, to, yeah, to... She was supposed ah. to be walking the Camino, <laughs> but COVID had shifted that. But it was her last shift and there was something mm. very um, – meeting her made me feel glad that we got the stretch and sleep. Um, so we arrived <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think I might have said something like, poo, <laughs> and, and gone, gone to the toilet. And so um, the, our midwife, Katrina, came in and just said um, – and looked me in the eye um and and I really felt mm. very yeah. grounded, very present very supportive energy from her it's almost making me cry just thinking about it um to uh yeah she just looked me in the eye said I'm Katrina I'm here I'm your mm. midwife and um and that was it and I felt safe with her and so um to have that Mm. Uh, really was a, a major, major part of the birth, I think. Um, so I mm. could just be there and not feel like I needed to fight anybody who wanted me to do anything. Um, and she asked if um, she could do some monitoring, uh, which was a thing that I'd thought about a lot and um, wasn't really sure if that would get me, it would interfere with with how things were going, my experience of all the monitoring they had done was really, uh, I was pretty sure that I wasn't up for continuous monitoring. Um, but she, yeah, so she had a, a, a portable one which she put on my belly and I, I said yes and she did it and then I just said, actually, can we lose that? And she goes, sure, and she just like took it away, put it off somewhere where I didn't even mm. know. Um, so that was... a. a I felt really grateful for that. Just to feel really heard, I think, is so important and to not have to go into um, that fighting mode and, like you said before, the combative state. So, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, I mean, that whole definition of needing to be in – needing to needing I don't know what the other state is but it's yeah. not fight and flight and as yeah, soon as you're definitely. in fight and flight the labor doesn't do what you need it to do so I just I um I think that was my biggest concern was uh how do you enter into a situation where it feels like you're going to be asked to do a lot of things mm. you don't want to and still um find a place of rest um and uh, find a place to relax from and um 
I, yeah, I, yeah, for this, for this, for this birth, I was so grateful to have um, Trina and Ollie there to mm. help help that safety. Yeah, all these components that, that are really so important um, for the birthing woman, and especially, well, twins, I guess, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's pretty exciting. Like, right? Gonna, how is this actually going to happen? What goes on? Um, and I should mention that, like, the decision, my decision to keep going the way that I had was also about um, the the uh, mm-hmm. that the that the babies were both in good positions, and um, mm. and I had uh, watched a lot of um, there's a, a video called Thinning Babies. Um, to learn about different positions that you can put yourself in to help support um, the babies coming out in the right way. And so in my mind I had in my uh, that I was going to go in and hopefully deliver a healthy first baby and then just try to get to my feet yeah. to help the second baby find a position that would help it um, come out. Um, well, so <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty much the game plan. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I sat down on the toilet <laughs> ready to do that poo and um, uh, took a little bit of time and um, Katrina looked at me and she was studying me and said, um, do, you, do you feel like pushing? Um, and it was the first time, that, because it was such a short time, such a short labour, I had not even com- considered that being a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, so she asked me if I wanted to push and I stopped and had a feel and I just I suddenly realised that my whole body was was pushing. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, and, and I guess that's when I realised it was, um, there was a baby coming and um, I stood up and leant against the, um, there's a bath in the bathroom and, um, and just, uh, you know, it was all really quick. There was just this head came out. Wow. <laughs> um, and I think I think Ollie was there and um, helped her catch her. And uh, obstetrician was so excited. She just went, "Pick up your baby," and um, and that was it. It was just it was it was so quick. So from the time that we it was ten minutes from when we actually got to the labour room till um, Aya was born. Um, mm. And so, you know, yeah, so literally it was get there, try to sit down on the toilet and then have a baby. Um, so that was, that was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and I just remember, uh, you, you know, you, that at that point it's, it's all that whole pregnancy is suddenly makes a bit more sense. You're like, oh, it's a baby. There's actually a baby. <laughs> oh. And, you know, it's this huge Huge, yeah, amazing girls. Uh, no, we hadn't. We didn't find yeah. out. Yeah. Um, oh and she was so small, so it, she felt like a little girl. We actually didn't look <laughs> for yeah. ages. Um, and so that was um, that was quite amazing. And I just I said some a couple of words in Arabic to her. That's where our families, our family, we've got an Egyptian background. Um, okay. and then. Um, at the point, um, my, uh, yeah, our obstetrician said, oh, quick onto the bed because they hadn't had a chance to do anything. Like they hadn't, 
because it would have been so quick, they hadn't had a chance to even put in a catheter um, for me, which I had agreed to, in, like in all the discussions beforehand. Um, and because there's so much concern of um, hemorrhage and needing to potentially have caesareans if anything goes wrong with the second baby or anything like that, um, yeah, so they were sort of holding this space for this baby to be born, waiting, and then um, really encouraged me back to the bed to try to try to uh, make the situation safe for for them and and me. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah. So at that point, I was just on the bed, and Aya fed pretty. Oh, hang on, no, she didn't at all. Let me see what happened. She just looked around the room for, for yeah. a while. <laughs> just, just so, yeah, it was beautiful. So she had a good look around the room. And, um, yeah, and eventually she started um, uh, feeding, I think. Um, and in that time, so in, um, my memory of that is really about there was a baby on me and I was just amazed and it was all good. Um, my husband's memory is that there were about seven people in the room um, because, you know, for the need for all of the backup. Um, and and I had I, I had recognised Katrina was there and um, our obstetrician was, um, had, had done a, she'd done a Doppler check on my belly and um, so the, the knew that, that the second baby was going okay and then also felt and found that the head was down. So, so I heard her say the head's down um, and then, um, and, and this is all lying on my back on the, on the bed in the delivery room um, and, uh, and she'd, she'd said, oh, um, would you like me to, can I break your waters? Because that's one of the things like that they do to try to bring the second baby on just to ensure it so because there's a lot of fear because there's a lot of room in that uterus that there'll be movement yeah. and it'll all be complicated um yeah and actually I forgot to ask you so yeah. your babies they had one placenta to share they no. two percent yeah no yeah yep two two sacks two placentas yeah. that, so yeah. that okay. that was why it was the it was the lowest risk of a twin <laughs> of a high risk twin yeah. pregnancy um, yes, and they both they were both head down. Like we were watching that carefully for the whole time, um, mm. you know. And so by the time we were going into labour, there were there were two babies head down, separate sacks, and um, and they were and they were reasonably sized and everything like that. So there was a, there was a lot of confidence just from that situation, um, and. Yeah, so so that was the so the first had come out. Uh, no, the, yeah, the first had come out, <laughs> and the second, um, the membrane was intact, so she could break the waters to encourage that one to happen. Um, but I just said, oh look, I prefer you didn't. <laughs> you know, still when I'm thinking back to the birth plan and what we'd actually thought through and all of that, um, and yeah. and she respected that. Um, and then uh, the specialist who I hadn't actually met before, so there were two specialists and I had met the other one in Albany um, and had pre-natal pre, um, meetings with him and he was really respectful, um, genuine uh, person who I 
uh, I, um, who I knew really didn't uh, like the approach that we were coming in with, like felt very uncomfortable about it, um, mm-hmm. but was, you know, had, had given us all the information that he could um, and accepted that, you know, we would take what we wanted or what we, what we chose to from it. Yeah. Um, and so, so that was, it was nice to meet with him. Um, before we'd met him, we'd actually met with another person, a registrar who had, um, who was in training um, and had told, like had, had given me the absolute opposite impression, um, had said things along the lines of, um, I understand you delivered your first child standing up in the shower. This will be very different. And, and had explained to me, what my my birth would be like with these two twins, and and that had, um, I think that was actually a point in the pregnancy that really triggered um, deep fear and anxiety about about working with the medical team, and um, yeah. and 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 was I safe, and and would this be would it be respected? So, yeah, it was interesting to meet all the different approaches um, along the way. Um, uh, and yeah, did you feel like you you had to fight, or did you feel like it flowed quite nicely? Like you heard what people had to say, but they seemed to be respectful. Or did you feel like yeah, you kind of had to really put in uh, uh, like your voice? I yeah. feel like there was a good cop, bad cop period. I feel like there was a, a period in time when the medical message that we were receiving was so so full on. <laughs> Like it was very strong, and it uh, and it was really, um, yeah, that was a really hard one to n- navigate, um, and that happened when at the time you know so leading up to the point where I was being encouraged to um, be induced at thirty seven weeks, it was the, mm. those those pri- yeah, there were a couple of um, specialist meetings before that that were really. Um, uh, relatively high pressure ones. Um, yeah. And, uh, I guess, um, what helped me in that was having conversations with other, um, other people in, in the industry. So quite a, quite a few different midwives that I'd spoken with, um, not necessarily at the Albany hospital, but, um, people that had had experience birthing twins in, um, internationally so they are um yeah and they'd seen quite a lot of successful natural twin births um and <laughs> even going went to just went on to describe the fir- their first experience of a of a twin birth um without a, a lot of medical backup was um a woman who came in and delivered two babies breech on and while lying on her back because it was wow. nice to have a Amazing. bed to lie on, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and they were, and yeah. and that was okay. So, you know, that was um, there was there were some really helpful conversations that gave me a a a, persp- a, a picture that I was was not going to receive from talking to any specialist or any doctor in in um in the hospital that we were working with. Um, Yes, because it's likely that they haven't actually seen or experienced the type of birth that we're talking about, right? So they can't really speak yeah. to it. Is that absolutely? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and they're so so um, 
liable. You know, mm. and, and I feel oh, yeah. for them. And I, like I've got so much respect for our obstetrician, um, who she really was shouldering a lot of uh, responsibility. Um, and she managed to, like, even she was getting a little bit toey by the end of it. <laughs> but she man- she really yeah. did manage to hold uh, a, a safe place, uh, you know, enough of a um, enough room for us to sit with what we what we wanted to try. Um, and and but yeah. we were very it was very clear to us that she would be there and she would operate if it was like she would she would respond if if needed like she wasn't actually going to stand back and completely do nothing um so it was uh so yeah for her to be able to dance that line um i think was really important if we'd had a different obstetrician who who w- wasn't willing to do that um it would have there would have been even more pressure and i would have I, I don't yeah i don't know how it would have gone because um that uh, I guess one just at least coming um, to t- coming to a place of understanding that I don't know, like I, you know, I don't know it all. I don't know how this is going to go. I feel, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really want, I really trust, like that our bodies are so wise, and um, you know, and and that uh, the more we can the more we can support our bodies and our, you know, in, in whatever we're doing, um, the, the more it will, will naturally unfold. Like I, I believe that. Um, yeah. Uh, at the same time, you're having conversations about life and death of your child and, um, you know, uh, and from people who actually probably have seen quite a lot of, um uh not great outcomes um but i kept on coming to a place of not being able to like i kept on i i really wanted to find a middle ground um so what with between what was being recommended and you know going the whole hog of like no don't touch me <laughs> sort of thing but yeah. um Every time they asked me to do something, I'd look at it and I'd, it would feel to me like it would interfere with the natural process. And so that, that was mm. the bit that I found the most challenging. You know, I was absolutely not keen to induce at 37 weeks. Um, and then there was, um, okay, so then I'm, I'm lined up for continuous monitoring. And, uh, but it seems that when you've got continuous monitoring, there's actually not guaranteed that I'm going to get the wireless one, so which means I'm going to be hooked up to a machine for a labour. So I'm going to be unable to move my body as it needs to move because there'll be a baby that's going to need to move inside. And um, so that yeah, so then I found that a bit challenging. So I was never, never flatly saying no, I'm not going to do it, but going, I'm just not sure, <laughs> like. I'm pretty sure I'm going to walk yeah. in. I'm going to be in labour, and that's not going to be at the front of my mind to stop everything that I like instinctively feels like happening, um, just so that I can stand in one place and be monitored. Like I don't, I don't think that that's actually going to happen. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, that was one thing, and then the other thing was. Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, the epidural, the epidural in place. And that also, yeah, just uh, even if they were, they were say, saying, uh, <laughs> what a specialist in the meeting, actually, the, this lovely, lovely man had said to me, um, but why don't you want an epidural? Um, you, you could have a cup of tea. <laughs> you could have oh a lovely cup of tea while you're giving birth to your baby. And I was like, oh, I, do, I, I can have a cup of tea another time, you know? Like, <laughs> this, is, this is an experience. This is the birth of my children and I want to feel it. I want to experience it all and, and yeah, be fully present with it. I don't want to be thinking about having a cup yeah. of tea and something else. I want to be experiencing my children coming out of my body in power. <laughs> right. um, and, you know, uh, you know, and I think well, for me it came down to I believe that my body is going to give me information that I'm going to need to feel to be able to be a part of this. I need to be engaged in this process. Like my baby's going to be fully engaged and, and like let's let's meet <laughs> if it's possible. Yes, and I would think especially for, say, the second baby because obviously that's like you've just spoken about, that's such a big thing with twin births as in, you know, that they might be moving around and things and get another position. And I feel like when you don't have the epidural, then you're more likely going to be able to feel if they've kind of, you know, gotten into that position and they're ready to come out where otherwise you're just relying on monitors or checks or whatever else it is all the external stuff rather than tuning back into yeah when it's feels right for your body for this baby yeah and you know and even I feel like they actually the discomfort uh feeling discomfort which encourages you to move into a different position is a part of the process like I feel that that's that's a feedback yeah. loop that's really important. So, you know, as much like um, I got, I went in, I I was going into labour just hoping that I could, you know, because I still, you know, I, I don't know if everybody feels this way, but I always go in going, I'd really like to do this, but <laughs> who knows what's this gonna what that's gonna come through here, you know. So, um, yeah. it was really and so it was really important to me, uh. Uh, I think uh, in our birth plan, which I don't think we ever got to the hospital in time anyway with it, um, but yeah. it just was clear to me that I didn't want people to continually offer me pain relief because I didn't want to have have that question come up. I wanted to just be there. It would be clear if I needed <laughs> if I needed pain relief. I think, um, but to just can I just please focus on what's going on? Um, because I'm, I'm not afraid, like I, I, I'm, I'm willing and willingly entering into this experience of like some people don't feel it as pain, but of, of intensity and discomfort. And for me, I feel pain um, because I feel that that's part of the process and I'm, I'm, I'm willingly going in for it. I'm, let's do it. Um, yeah. And I think actually I spoke about this with someone else recently and I know like with my birth, like if someone was going to be offering me the pain relief during that moment, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably take it. You know, but, you know, when I've been at home or whatever, it, there's not been that option. So my mind's yeah. not even gone to that because I'm like, well, that's not happening. Yeah. I have to do this. But especially, you know, like when it's getting really intense towards the end and if someone says, oh, would you like this now? It's going to you know, take it all away. 
I don't feel like there's many people that wouldn't even like even just consider it, you know. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's it's really good that you had that already set out. Like, just don't offer it to me because yeah, I can then just focus on yeah on doing yeah, my thing. I think, I think that's really important. Just um, uh, um, you know, like we do with our kids, is is mm, proactively holding space for for whatever process needs mm-hmm. to happen. We need to think through what's needed. And, and, and do our best to give it that room. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, there were a couple of. Yeah, so go go back to where we were. So they were asking to break your waters, yeah, second babies. So, so there's that. So I'll just, um, so they asked to break the waters. But the, um, the other thing that they off, uh, they request um, for twin births if you, and why they ask you to have the epidural um, is uh they'd like to do a, do a vaginal examination while, for the second one um until its head is engaged so 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 which means mm. lying on your back with an examination in process with contractions for that that baby to move into position um and that was another you know mm-hmm. that that whole discussion of, of what are the things that I could meet you on and and what are the things that if I think that I do that it will actually cause the labor to go in a different direction and you know that was another one where I was like I can't imagine it being easy for a baby to move into the position um, that it needs to move into if I'm lying on my back I mean having said that there was that woman who breached birth to (laughs) two babies and walked away fine but yeah I don't think I would have enjoyed it so um so, so that was mm. kind of where we were at. Like we were sort of, um, obstetrician had asked um, if she could um, break the waters. I said, no, thank you. And then the specialist had come in um, and introduced himself and said, I'm going to do a vaginal examination. And it hadn't consciously crossed my mind. Like there was no conscious thought. But the only uh, about, oh, I don't want this vaginal examination. But the what had crossed my mind was, I am done lying down. <laughs> like, and so I just, yeah. uh, I said that and I got up on hands and knees on the bed and I was this, you know, this naked, very, still very pregnant woman on the bed, hands and knees, um, and said, you can do the examination like this. Um, I'm just done lying down. Um, and <clears throat> the, for whatever, <laughs> I found out later that, um, that it was actually impossible for the specialist to do an examination from that position and, and that basically I had been mooning him or just giving like not really being and I was actually trying to be helpful. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna be totally uh, you yeah. know, I'm not gonna be totally opposed to letting you do your job, but I just I need to do it my way as well because there's a baby coming out of me. Um <clears throat> and so mm-hmm. At that point, he just sat down <laughs> and pulled out his phone and didn't do much. And so there was this there was this weird sort of waiting in the room. Like there was, you know, it's this bright room. It's not this, you know, darkened, <laughs> moody experience yeah. with how it, there's seven odd people in the room and everyone's quiet and I'm on hands and knees just going, I'm here. <laughs> and... Um, uh, and at that point, Katrina said to me, you know, 
why don't you just do what your body feels like doing? And so I stopped and had to think about it. And I was like, ah, a poo. And um, got up and went to the toilet. <laughs> Sat down again. <laughs> and um, for a second and then went, oh, I'm onto this. I know this one. <laughs> Katrina yeah. and um yeah. and our obstetrician had come in and um I, I keep calling her our obstetrician because I don't know if she would want me to mention her or not but I, if it, I I would love to mention okay. her yeah um but um yeah and then they came in while uh, Ollie was holding Aya and um we'll we'll went into the bathroom and I sat down for a while and then it wasn't as quick to come. Um, so, ah, uh, so I remember standing up again and having a lean against the bath again, just to give it a bit more movement. And, um, and then I remembered my son, um, before we'd, before I'd gone to hospital, he'd, he'd given me some advice and, um, and he'd gone, mum, look, oh, wow. When, uh, here, when, here's what you need to do when you have a baby, there's three bits of advice. I can only remember two. He goes, just, um, don't hurry. Don't rush it. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, and then the other one was, and when it's time, push really hard. I was like, okay, thanks. I'll keep that in mind. And, um, so leaning up against the bathtub, I, um, I just, I told everybody who was waiting about Southie telling me not to hurry and um and that was a really nice yeah. nice little window um and then and then it felt like the head was coming again but um this time it was bigger <laughs> and um uh yeah and it felt quite big and um and I so I sort of stopped it was coming and I went oh no that's too much I'm not I don't want to push that to tearing um and then um what happened I think uh Katrina checked it out um and said it's the it's the sack you should touch it and um and I at the time I was like I I don't I just want this done I want this baby out of me I I wasn't fully able to just reach down and have a feel um and Carly Oh, yeah. My obstetrician had come and said, "Would you like me to break the waters now?" And at that point, I'd said, "Yes, please." You know, which I think I think Katrina was a bit like, "Well, yeah. you could have had this baby in the sack; it would have all been fine." But I didn't know. I didn't know that yeah, I could actually just wait, and then the head will come down and um, push it through. Like the the baby's head will just drop into it, and it will come out, and mm. it will. I didn't know. So to me, it just felt like there was something that was so big that was not going to come out. Um, yeah. So I think if I'd known yeah. that, I would have been able to be a bit more patient. Um, but anyway, so um, the water's broken, then um, Salma came out. Um, and, and Ollie was holding Aya mm. and she was watching. Um, so <laughs> that's like, that's so wow. lucky because she was oh. so present. So I think Salma wouldn't. Um, wouldn't have been able to focus on it. Like she came out with a lot less of that direct gaze going on. Um, yeah, so that was yeah, that was incredible. You know, two babies. All of a sudden, there were two babies, and um, I think I said, "It's another baby." <laughs> no, 
<laughs> and then I'm lying on the bed with two babies and there wasn't much else that I needed to uh, think about. Um, but I do, I think I do need to share after that, you know, because there's the third stage. Um, and that was also a point of a lot of concern um, because the uterus has been so stretched. Um, the Yeah, a, a lot of fear of hemorrhaging. Um, and yeah, so <clears throat> everyone, and I had asked, I said, I'd really just like to feed the babies and find out if the placenta will deliver of its own accord. Um, normally they would, would give a dose of syntocin to induce that. Um, yeah. So both, both and placentas, both placentas so are still babies, inside, yeah, the correct? It goes broke for both and the both babies are delivered and two placentas are still inside. Um, and, uh, um, and there was some waiting and then, um, and then I think they noticed a bleed, um, at which point the specialist came right in and um, did an examination and then, um, uh, oh, hang on, let me see. No, first they, first they manually helped the placentas to come out. Um, so, yeah, mm. they, so that was, um, yeah, so they manually helped the placentas to come out and I was on my back and that, by that time I was fine. I didn't feel like I needed to get up and birth anymore. <laughs> um, and, um, and then the specialist came to, um, to check the bleed. Um, and at that point that, you know, that's the one time that I think I really mm, would have used my voice differently. Um, just the way that he did the examination on me, um, it didn't, it didn't feel like deep respect for this body mm -hmm. that had just birthed two babies. Um, and so, yeah, yes. the, the, I think that's the one thing I would go back and say, actually, no, stop. I think the obstetrician is completely capable of doing this and, uh, doing this and I would prefer her hands on me. Um, and, and recognizing that, that I have mm -hmm. that voice and I have that choice. Um, but you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it was, it, it, it's, it was all good. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think, um, just yeah. things like that, just always remembering that, um, it, yeah, there is choice all the way through. Um, even though you've entered into a hospital situation and you've got, you know, the, the professionals there, there's lots of professionals and. Um, and it's still okay to feel really safe in every situation that you're in there. Um, and, and, you know, I wasn't mm. unsafe. This, this person was working, doing their job. Um, yeah, but I think particularly at that time of sensitivity, I think, uh, yeah, I think spiritually safe is possibly a word I'd use. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, so, um, but they ended up giving me a oxalic acid, which is, um, just to stop the bleeding, um, and then some yeah. syntocin to c help my uterus to contract quickly. Um, and that, yeah, and that was the beginning, that was the beginning <laughs> of, of where we are now. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. 
so while the placentas were happening both both babies both girls were on you yeah, breastfeeding they're both, uh, both let's done they were both yeah. on the sides that they were in utero um, oh, and wow. um and that was amazing you know these tiny little heads and these giant breasts and how they go together at birth yeah. I don't know <laughs> so just, oh, yeah man. you know um, and 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 so and the other thing is a with a twin birth it's just getting your head around two babies I think you know, I think with any birth, getting your head around there being a baby, but suddenly it's like, how is this going to work? And and then that just mm-hmm. that exquisite experience after a birth of any sort where it's like, oh, I don't know, but it just is. Mm. Yeah, so before we wrap up, is there anything you want to add to the story? There's one thing where you'd asked, like, um, I think I'd said it was good cop, bad cop, or like the experience of... Um, I'm just hoping I could just say to that, like once we'd come to a place of being quite clear enough that, you know, after all the information that we'd received and we'd been fully informed and saying this is still what we want to do, there was a real shift in the way that um, everyone was holding us um, and, you know, we'd sort of gone to a place of it being, oh, lots of pressure, look, this is really important for you to understand this and this and this and this and it's, you know, it's your baby and there's three lives here and all of that sort of stuff too. Okay, so you're making a fully formed in, um, formed decision and it will probably go really well. And, you know, so then it moved to support and, and they were they were absolutely there for us um, in that. So I just wanted to say that that um, and really I was really appreciative that that, that that eased up and it eased up once we'd been, we'd made our choice given and they were sure that we'd been, we got the information that we needed. Yeah. Um, and and then the other thing was that the, the midwives were so on side, like I had no idea. So having so many conversations with um, uh, specialists and even our obstetrician who was struggling not to, you know, encourage us to do stupid stuff really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, but the, 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 I think the midwives were all really gunning from us, for us and I had not known that until we started going in for our um, um, monitoring and starting to meet all the midwives. And so I would say if I, if I had that time again, I would probably make a real effort to go in and start meeting midwives a lot earlier um, in that pregnancy and just making those connections and feeling that there is another angle to that whole hospital experience um that's that's actually designed in and available as well um and if there are any twin mums uh who are currently pregnant and they're listening to this because they're wanting to have a unmedicated twin birth what advice would you give them ah um I guess my <laughs> this is going to sound weird. My <laughs> primary advice would be to start praying or doing whatever it is that connects you with um, your uh, your ability to surrender as well as stay centred. <laughs> um, that would be my, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's a real journey. Um, and... Um, and to yeah, but to, to to know that it is possible, and that 
it happens a lot more than you think, than, uh, than some people will tell you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so to seek out those conversations and to find, find the people who actually have experience, have experienced it. It's hard, um, I think, to find, um, find your feet when you're going on encouragement alone. That's that for me. Um, but to to tap to meet uh, to talk with people or to connect in with conversations from other people's experiences, I think can really help. Yes, um, I think if it's a reality for one other person, it can also be a rea- reality for you as well. So yes. yes, hearing other people's stories and you know even listening to a story like this or connecting with people in person or online like you said, is such good advice because you can hear that it does happen, it can happen, and why can't it happen to you when all these other people have also experienced it? Yeah, and and keep feeling into where your body is as well. Like mm. um, it's, a, it's a wild ride. Um, my experience was that it, it really does take you on a big journey uh, and uh, yeah, the, the the what was amazing for for me in that pregnancy is that towards the end, it really did start to feel like it was going to be okay. Mm. Like the, there were times, like in my body, where it, you know, it, it didn't feel like it would. <laughs> yeah. And um, but it really did. Like it, but it, my body was saying towards the end, it was like, I'm really tired. I'm giant. This isn't going to. be. <laughs> it's going to be easy but it's going to be possible like it's just what it's supposed to happen and I think that 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 was really helpful um and then yeah and and lean into people lean into people around you if you've got it if you've got people around you I would say let them let them know that you are open to support mm. um and and maybe if you're pregnant um now start cultivating start cultivating your village mm-hmm. um, it's such a it's such an incredible time and there are so many people that are just completely completely um inspired by life you know and seeing a person carrying life and and it brings out so much goodness in people and so much um so much bonding intentions and and help helpful supportive intentions and I just think that that's it's an incredible gift you can bring to a community around you um, to be willing to receive support um, and 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 an incredible gift you can give to your kids as well so um yeah, so I mean, those are those are a bit lo- uh, looser, you know. But you know, they're not really directly at that natural birth approach. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, find people to talk to and mm-hmm. and believe that you can. Um, the other things that really helped me was acupuncture and chiropractors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on a really practical level, um, I think really giving your body the yeah, giving your body support 
as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and don't underestimate the nutrition. Like I thought I knew what a what a pregnancy needed, but I think I really underestimated what a twin pregnancy needed. And I mm-hmm. think if I had been a bit more on to nutrition throughout the pregnancy, I think it would have also made the the, the natural process easier. So yeah (laughs) yes no that is all wonderful (laughs) advice I love it thank you and just thank you so much for sharing like I have absolutely loved listening to this story and love listening to you and all your wise words and I know that everyone else is also going to feel the same so yeah I am thanks so much for inviting for asking me to speak it's been it's lovely, and um, and if there are any twin mums that would like to get in touch with me and have a conversation, I'm really up for it. Um, Thank you. So feel free to pass my details on, and um, good luck, everyone. We're all <laughs> thanks for being our sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so so much again. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, yeah, I, I just. I like, I mean, an, an unmedicated birth story, any birth story is amazing, but I just think a twin one is really quite incredible. You are a superwoman. Yay. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> See you later. Thanks for listening to the Hey Mama podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with friends and follow our social media pages to keep up to date with the latest episodes. We hope you're having a beautiful day, Mama.